Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermood. I called in to Poolvash Farm to speak to Stephen and Sheila Gorn about their recent milk awards. I talked to Neil Young from the Ronsway Met Office to find out if farmers are still using the vital support of the Ronsway facility. And also I went along and joined the Isle of Man Bloodhounds on a, a mock chase around the north of the Isle of Man. Well, Kerry, firstly, uh, any any roofs or <laughs> things blown off your sheds back home? My golly, the big doors on the cu- on the top cattle sheds there at the top of Orisdale Hill, uh, yes, they've come asunder and they've spent the last week trying to put them back together again. That storm barrows uh, left a bit of damage in his wake this time. It has, and it's uh, come from an, an unusual direction, which is the, the strange thing, isn't it? But uh, at least there's still plenty of hedges and things for uh, any livestock that's out to find shelter isn't it that's right many trees were down on the isle of man but uh, i don't hear too much about the farmers fencing um, and livestock getting away but uh, yeah it was uh, glad it was only for the weekend yes well uh, the weather is a vital part of the uh, isle of man agricultural people and horticultural as well and to get the latest about the storms and the trends and whether still people are using the facility at Ronsway. I spoke to Neil Young from the Ronsway Met Office. Well, firstly, uh, Neil, uh, it's uh, been a rocky old time on the Isle of Man, and uh, I suppose, does it make it worse that the wind's coming from a a different direction than the prevailing one? It does. Um, Well, so the storm, Arwen was a northerly storm, Barra a southeasterly. Um, What we get very used to is southwesterlies. So the different directions cause all sorts of different problems for all sorts of different people um, certainly the the electricity network is fairly used to a, uh, a southwesterly gale or severe gale um, and northerly is, is very rare um, we were looking at our wind roses and the number of hours of gale northerlies that we've had down here um, are very very limited we sort of get one or two hours um, a year if on a on a stormy year so whereas southwesterlies are really common so southeasterlies aren't that common either so a few days ago we had storm barra and uh, of course all of the problems that that entailed around the island um, accompanied by a fairly high tide as well and how have we fared compared to to other parts uh, with this storm because i mean how long ago does it originate because we seem to know it's coming it this one was fairly unusual that as it crossed the Atlantic it was there was virtually nothing there um, there was a a low that was expected to develop just to the west of Ireland um, explosive cyclogenesis so it it actually developed really really quickly it deepened very quickly but it all happened sort of a hundred miles to the west of Ireland so the mid Atlantic there was very little wind. Um, and as that hap- as that did develop, then it then passed over over Ireland, arrived in the Irish Sea. We got fairly close to the centre of it ultimately, where it then started to really slow down and started to fill. Um, so, yes, we got the wind. We got the wind for you know half a day, three quarters of a day. Um, as it sort of then sat over the Irish Sea, we were in the slightly lighter winds. But it, it kept blowing over um, over northern England and and particularly the the east of Scotland. So they actually got 
the wind's very similar to ours, but for a much longer time. Right. And what about the the rainfall that we've had? Is it is it is it like normal, or does it just feel as though there's been a bit more? I think it's been th- so far through December. It's a bit a bit up, obviously. Um, in a December, it's a. Uh, it's not the wettest of months. Um, October and November are the really wet months, and we're only halfway through yet, so we don't really want to tempt fate. <laughs> but we did get a dry November, so the law of averages, we'll probably get a fairly, fairly wet December. But uh, things could change. Don't don't quote me on that one. No, we certainly won't. Um, but all in all, the the Isle of Man farmers here um, still relying quite a bit on on the forecast and chatting to you quite often, are they, Neil? We do. Um, we we actually speak to sort of a lot of people at different times a year. Um, you know, sort of uh, when when there's the panic of snow, uh, any any sheep that are on high ground, wet weather for for lambs. So people do speak to us quite a lot. A lot of people are shipping um, live animals now, and of course, from an, elf, an animal welfare perspective, then they can only go in in certain wind conditions so that we get uh, we speak to people about that quite a lot as well right so a unique part of the isle of man it's been and of course uh, your connection with manx radio here as well with the live weather forecasts and uh, it it is something that uh, people have been so accustomed to the Isle of Man and I must say uh, praise where praise is due Neil you and your team are pretty accurate with it thank you for that sort of you know yes it is a science but it isn't an exact science so things things have changed quite a lot I was just commenting I've been here just over 34 years um, so I'm feeling very old at the moment (laughs) and I think the accuracy of the forecasts has increased dramatically over that time um, and yeah, things go, things still go slightly amiss. But what th- things happen to do these days is the timing changes slightly. And 20 years ago, if if I said in four days' time that we were going to get something coming in at four o'clock in the afternoon, and it came in sort of that morning, people were quite happy. Now, because the forecasts are becoming better, they are becoming much more accurate, and because of that, the expectations are higher, which perhaps means that if we try to put more detail on when we can, then that slight shift is much more noticeable. Yes, I'm afraid it's 2021 and that's the way things go, Neil. But it, it's glad you know that, that people do use it and appreciate it, and uh, particularly the people in the farming world and horticultural side of the Isle of Man, as rightly say, with the animals as well. Yes, so thank you. I was just thinking, we've been here for seventy-five years this uh, this year. This year, wow, that's pretty incredible. And uh, uh, not still using the same uh, abacuses and things like when you started, nearly. There are one or two pieces of equipment that are the same. There's one piece of equipment that we have has only just been taken out of service that actually says on His Majesty's service on it. Wow. That's pretty impressive, but uh, yeah, but all computerised now, I suppose, the trends from uh, round about the world, and do you have to keep your eye on on the southern hemisphere and things like that? Can that affect uh, weather here? We don't. Um, Our colleagues in the British Met Office do. We can look at data worldwide. Um, We've got a, we actually have access to the, well, 
the European Centre for Medium Range Meteorology and the British Met Office models, as well as the American Global Forecast System models that we, we look at. But specific weather at, in various parts of the world, yes, we do, but more out of interest rather than and professionally. Indeed. Well, probably the weather changes more from the small area of the Isle of Man than it probably does in the whole of the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> sort of. It's, uh, I don't know, it's uh, very windy down there, so... Uh, uh, much much windy than 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 up here, but uh, but yes, yeah. So uh, uh, weather anywhere is really interesting. But working here, I suppose I really should say that Neil Young from the Rollsway Met Office uh, tell us about that, and still a vital part of uh, you know hearing it on the radio or people now with the facilities that they've got and the wonderful service that the Rollsway Met Office uh, are supplying to the Isle of Man, isn't it? It's absolutely crucial now that we get up-to-date weather as it changes so blooming quickly, doesn't it? And like you say, the farmers there are governed by the weather and the seasons have certainly changed from even when I was a, a child. You don't get those long periods of dry. You know, you get a couple of days together dry and then wet again. And it's so terribly difficult to get the harvest reaped. And people are definitely changing their methods to try and uh, fit in with the better seasons. Yes, they are. And talking about the bad weather there, Simon, I popped along to Pool Vash, and it's right there on the coast at the bottom of Fishers Hill. And my golly, did uh, Storm Barra give them a bit of a push around. And we hear from Stephen and Sheila Gorn. It is a corker of a day, Stephen. The sun is shining over the sea there, just right in front of the house. But I can't imagine it will have been like that all this week. No, it was a bit rough. Lost a couple of doors off sheds on the... The storm the other day, not very easy to get them put back up on your own with a force nine. <laughs> biggest biggest problem was trying to get the door open on the tractor. <laughs> but that is it, isn't it? Farmers are governed by the weather and you have to keep going. And uh, like to say today, it is one of the most picturesque parts of the island to farm in. And um, well, this year obviously has proved it with the amount of awards you've won. The summer show, Sheila, that was just something else for you. Oh, it was. It really was an accolade. Couldn't have done better. Um, never had such a successful year. Um, but I do think it highlighted the the alternative to the black and whites that we'd got the what we call the coloured breeds, and really put them on show. Uh, so I was glad about that because it, you know, people don't realise just the variety of breeds here on the island. And that's it. And I suppose since you've been farming, obviously, Stephen, you took over from Father Raymond there. He was running 60 or 70 dairy cows. But it's changed somewhat since then. Yeah, Sheila was still working full time. When we took over, I didn't think I could cope with 70 cows on my own. So we decided that we were going to cut them down to about 30 at that time. We also had 20 sucklers. Right, I see. We sort of went from there and then started experimenting with different breeds and crossbreeding and what have you and we've now got 40 milkers but the sucklers are down to 10 because we've started um, rearing all our own calves yeah. and yeah. everything that we don't breed from go into the abattoir now. So it's obviously working, and with that has come these awards, Sheila, for the, the quality milk that these coloured breeds are producing. Yeah, they, uh, the coloured breeds produce the quality, the black and white, or the quantity. So we keep a, a good cross-section of both, so we get quantity and quality. So for us, it, it it's a formula that's worked. And this is it, especially for the terrain where you are, you know, every farm is different on the island, and, and here is the same again. 
yeah, they have to be hardy, you know, <laughs> a bit rugged, <laughs> um, and good have good feet because yeah. it is rock stony down here, being so close to the sea. Um, so yeah, they, they 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 meet the criteria we need. And out of the coloured breeds that you keep, do you have a favourite? I have one or two. Yeah, <laughs> you you got got to admire the jerseys, but also like the the airshires as well. And I've got a, a little inkling for the jer- the Guernseys, which I did have a crossbreed one, but I haven't. Would like another uh, Guernsey. Yeah, but this said, Sheila, you've been obviously running these coloured breeds now for a good number of years. But you see people nowadays just taking a bit of a swing into the the more crossbreeding. But you've been doing it for a long time. Stephen and myself took over the farm twenty three years ago, and we've been uh, experimenting this way for about twenty years. So yeah, um, as soon as these new breeds came on, we've had Shorthorns, um, the Ayrshires, Montbelliards. Um, brown Swiss, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Swiss <laughs> Viking Reds, you yeah, name it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we would give them a try and to see what works, and yeah, we, yeah, other people have fa- seen that they're coming the fashion now, so they take less to to keep the feed and everything. So and our parlour isn't a large one, so they fit into the milking parlour as well. So that's another criteria we have to look for. <laughs> and down here, Stephen, you'd probably grow your own crops to feed the cows. Yeah, we grow good silage. Um, we grow barley mainly for the straw. We do feed a bit of barley to the cows in the winter time, but most of the barley goes into feeding the, the yeah. followers to, yeah. to get them fat for the, for the abattoir. Um, it's we do bales and pit silage. The cows get bales from mid July yeah. through till about beginning of November when we open the pit up. Um, they're still out in the daytime at the moment. They hopefully will be for another couple of weeks, so they do get bales while they're out. But when they do, when they come in full time, it'll just be pit silage for them. Yeah. But with the breeds that you've got, you've just come away from the the awards, the Milk Association awards, and uh, yeah, a bundle of silverware again. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice to pick up a, a cup or two. Um, we've got three this time: the cup for the the best protein, the best butter fat, and the best average weighted milk price. So we have had them before but it's always nice to get them again. Yeah, it just confirms that what you're doing is right. And and like you say, Sheila, it's that quality over quantity you're looking for. It is, yes. And I don't think people realise um, what the the chemistry that goes into it. Um, the way we farm, we aim to put our milk into the cheese yeah, right, as yeah. opposed to the liquid um, milk that you buy in your cartons. So, yeah, that that's how we work it. And those, when we're choosing the semen, that's what we aim for when we're choosing the sires. Yeah, and that is so important, isn't it, to get that right genetic base? Yeah, it does. It makes a whole lot of difference to, to everything then. Um, and I say you've got the black and whites that y- y- your liquid milk is fine, but we do need the genetics and you need to look at it. Again, it's a whole lot different science, which... The general public don't realise no, that when they it, just yeah. go and pick up the block of cheese <laughs> or the the carton of milk on the what goes behind it all to to as a business. Well, that's it. Just looking on the table here alone, it's all the documentation <clears throat> of the cows. You know, the full parentage. I bet you've got cows here, daughters here, aunties. You know, they're full families, aren't they? Well, what we try to do is not buy many in. 
Um, we, although, you know, when your uh, fellow uh, farmers do uh, retire or, or pack in for whatever reason, you do try and support them. But we do try and keep our own follow, what we call followers, to go into the herd ourselves and then you know you can you've got all the lineage there going all the way back so yes we can follow some way way back and, and that is it that attention to detail but it's a real love and a passion isn't it you probably all your cows probably have names yes they do <laughs> most of them are polite as well <laughs> um but yes you, we do and you've always got your favorites oh yeah um absolutely. grandsons even you know chose uh, these are my three oh, and great. it was his jersey that got the um yeah. got the champion jersey so he's over the moon, over the moon. and yeah he was waiting kept wondering when he was going to get a silver cup <laughs> And unfortunately, because of COVID, he couldn't make it over this Aww. year, so he's totally gutted. But he's chuffed that his one of his jerseys has got sort of the, the silver cup. But isn't that lovely, Sheila, that you've got now grandchildren coming into yeah. this? They love being out on the farm with Stephen on the quad and, and, and at the shows themselves, helping you brush and wash the cows. Yeah, we um, met our newest granddaughter. She was uh, born in April last year. We hadn't met her, but Gemma brought her over and she was totally enthralled with the show. She was going round and all the animals totally, yeah. you know, mesmerised by it all. So, yeah, she, we've got another trainee coming on. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? But now the time has come, Christmas is nearly here and you're a very be- busy lady with the, the farmer's markets, getting the vegetables ready for Christmas. The sprouts, you can't beat them. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, like I always say, you know, so wintertime when you've got frost on them, come ready frozen. So, <laughs> so match my fingers, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's another... Um, um, you know, the DEFA was saying to try and diversify to help, you know, to when we lost the red meat derogation. Um, so this isn't something else that we do when we fit in around the, the milking, really. Yeah. So it just brings an extra little bit of income in. This is lovely to see he, your father, Stephen. He's still down here overseeing, making sure you're doing it all right. Raymond, he's a, a real character. Yeah, he's 88 now. My word. Um, he comes down every day, something to do, little, just little jobs wanting to, to wants to do. Yeah. Gets his milk, and he when he's had enough, he goes home. <laughs> so uh, he likes to track the work in the summer. He yeah. he's good on the bale wrapper, which is handy. And he was a mean ploughman in his day, I do believe. Oh yeah, he was he was good ploughing. Philip and myself, when we were kids, he'd disappear for a, a weekend. And he'd be gone away ploughing. And yeah. we didn't know where he was, he'd just disappeared. Yeah, that's it. And that was quite a regular occurrence. As long as he brought us something back, <laughs> we didn't mind. Yeah. But but having that family base, it's just it's just what it's all about at Pool Vash here. It's all about family. You're all pulling together. There's a lot of work going on on this farm, whether it's the beef, the dairy, the vegetables, having your dad there doing the, the, the farm and the, the baling and the different tractor work, it all pulls together, doesn't it? Yeah, takes a lot of work running a farm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the public don't really know how much work has to go into these. All the different stuff you have to do, there's an awful lot more paperwork now. I sometimes wonder what my grandfather would think <laughs> if he was around at the amount of paperwork there is these days. 
but it's got to be done. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it, Stephen, that you've won the awards here, the silverware and stuff like that, but also having the accreditations like the Red Tractor, it's that confirmation and reassurance to the, the consumer, the person that's buying, whether it's the milk or the veg, that it's done properly. Yeah, yeah, you've got to do it right these days. There's so many regulations, and if you don't follow them, you're in trouble. So you've got to do it. Yeah. It's hard work. It make, makes the job a lot harder than it should be, but you've got to do it. Yeah. And the passion that you guys have for the land and the farm and it going day and night, it'll never change, will it? No, it won't. Um, yeah, it, we do what we do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's nice. Somebody has to do it, and it's nice that there's the history there. Um, it, it's like Stephen's family have been farming down here for over 60 years. So, uh, yeah, it, it's um, it, it, it's there. It's what you've put into it. Yeah, it's yeah. your baby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think every farmer will say the same, yeah. that, you know, if they sell up, that it's, it's part of them that go. It's not a job. Yeah. It's a way of life. And that's the only way you can explain it to people. That, yeah, some people go up, you know, get up in the morning, go to the office. They can walk out and shut the door and forget, you know, switch the computer off. Whereas here, you can't. And it is very much a way of life. That was Stephen and Sheila Gorn from Pool Vash Farm there down at the bottom of Fisher's Hill. What a lovely setting that is. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been too bad, I don't think, from, from this particular storm, would it? I suppose they're well used to it with the with the normal prevailing winds. <laughs> That's right, it's right on the coast there and looking out over, like I said to Stephen, it was just a beautiful view out, but on a bad day I think you'd know about it. And it is always extra hard, it always is a challenge when the, the weather is against you, the elements battling away there, and uh, like Stephen said, it was just bad enough getting the tractor door open. <laughs> yes, you've got to be careful indeed. Well, uh, of course uh, the hunts on the horses and chasing foxes from years ago is a, a thing of the past really but uh, the people still like to get out and uh, have a mock thing to chase uh, luckily it wasn't me on this occasion <laughs> but uh, the Isle of Man bloodhounds were out and about up the north of the Isle of Man and I popped along to find out what is behind it all well Fran Charmer you've got a, an important job today I have yes <laughs> I think so yeah. <laughs> Now you're you're the is it the huntsman? Yes, I, I'm the huntsman. So my role is to uh, basically work the hounds, look after them, and just make sure they get to each point safely. Now, obviously, um, I'm, people will be thinking, oh, it's a bit worrying putting the the hounds along with the horses and people, but uh, well used to it. Oh yeah, our hounds are well socialised. They're socialised with children, people, other dogs, horses, all kinds of scenarios. So I'm pretty confident. You know, they are over friendly. Let's say. Yeah. yeah. Now the, the 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 trip today, it's a bit of a new route for you, is it? It is. We've got some new land, and it um, a kindly from the clerks, and. So it is exciting to get nice new land and it's handy up and due because it's usually nice and flat up here as well. So um, yeah, it'll be exciting to, to see how they go on it. Now, what, what do you have, uh, so that obviously the, the days of foxes and things are gone, but what, what's, yeah. that, what's the way it works nowadays? Well, we usually use a, a runner, we call it. So, but our runner today couldn't make it, um, maybe Christmas party tonight, I'm not sure. So my mum at the minute is um, a, a pulling around a, a, like a rag, it's basically a t-shirt she's been wearing. Um, and the hounds should then, they have been taught and bred, they will track a human scent. So 
hopefully the weather won't hinder them and because sometimes winds and the wet ground can affect their scenting so yeah we'll just see how they go on new ground and hopefully they'll pick the scent up and be away so in a way i suppose the 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 hounds that you've got here are sort of trained quite a lot like police dogs i suppose uh, yes they are Bl- uh, bloodhounds can be taught to track a human scent and um, they are taught as puppies not to chase other animals and um, we haven't had any issues with that and um, plus over here we don't have like obviously foxes or anything as such to to hunt anyway but they are they will track a human scent quite well and confidently now is, is it a competition or is it like a group effort no it's it's only like a group effort anyone's welcome to come along and and take part and we all look out for each other and we all encourage each other to try a jump maybe if they want to, but they don't have to. And yeah, and we just look out for each other and have fun. Is it quite a long uh, outing that you do? Because it, it seems a few miles. Yeah, it kind of varies. Uh, today's hunt isn't too long because we were waiting for heavy rain and really bad weather. But um, usually we can be out for anything up to two and a half to three and a half hours. Right. So today it should be about an hour and a half, two hours maybe, I think. Right, and what about the, the horses, the people, the hounds? <laughs> they don't mind the weather? No, hounds will go out in absolutely anything. I have to exercise them every day of the week anyway, and they were out in that high winds we had on Tuesday. I was just walking them around the fields. They don't care. Horses aren't too fussed either. No, as long as we keep moving and we keep them warm, and then when we get home, we get them dried and warm again, then no, animals really don't mind the bad weather. And what about the pace of it? I mean, obviously, you, you'll be on roads and then on fields and things like that. Is, is the, the whole running or trotting, galloping involved in it? Yes, um, we do have a little bit of road work today. Obviously, that'll be done, walk, and we'll do that safely. In the fields, the ground's very dry here today, so we can go quite quickly. We've got field masters that walk the lines and know the ground conditions. So, obviously, if it's a bit wet or we think it's a bit more dangerous, we will walk or trot those. So, uh, we do walk our ground properly, and we make sure our riders get round safely. Yeah, but there's some interesting terms I was reading about. I haven't got the piece of paper with them written on. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, well you've got a couple where you call a hound a couple so that's two so today we have uh, t- two and a half couple out today so um uh, just to think the other terminology we've got our field master you call that that's laura today so the field must stay behind them for their own safety like i was saying because of ground conditions and such me as the huntsman i've got my uh, uh, whipper in here ellen sharma it's my cousin she's with me and helps me the whipper yeah the whipper in (laughs) it sounds worse than what it is it's only just to make sure the hounds don't uh, run off somewhere they're not meant to if there's an instant where they're chasing something else ellen is there to to shoo them away from it you know it's it's someone with me to make sure i can work the hand safely yeah and, and it seems a, a fantastic idea because it gives a, a, quite a few people a, a job to do isn't it keeps the interest yes it does yeah and um, I've, I've usually got um a, an extra whipper in today but she couldn't make it um but yeah, it's just, um, yeah, we're only out to have fun. There's no competition or anything like that. So hopefully that's, it'll be a good day and the rain holds off.
There we are, some of the people that were involved in the Isle of Man Bloodhounds uh, hunt event uh, that happened at the north of the Isle of Man in a new venue for them uh, last weekend. And uh, it was great, the enthusiasm that was there and uh, didn't deter them. Even the horses and everything are all so excited by something different. Oh, they really are. And it's just a blooming great excuse to get out and uh, ranch around on a farm in the mud and the, through the hedges and over the gates and whatever else. And the, the horses and kids and everybody involved just love it. And like you say, the, the days of chasing foxes is long gone by, but we don't even have foxes on the Isle of Man, do we? But uh, I remember as a youngster, the best cross crush the best cross-country runner in our class used to take the scent and drag her up across our farm, out across Aragon Moor and up the coast uh, towards uh, the Aragon. And by golly, he was good to run and the horses went far behind, all the hounds. No, probably better on it, though. <laughs> there we go, all exciting stuff. Uh, that's it, though, for this week's Countryside. Uh, we're back next week with more. So until then, me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermode. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.